Hey y'all, this is Seba, the Southern Pride Witch, and this is episode two of season two. I hope y'all had a wonderful Mabin or Autumn Equinox or Harvest Home, whatever you may want to call it, because I'm not getting into that political debate. Um, we did. We just call it Pagan Thanksgiving and have done with the whole thing. And it was wonderful. Uh, It's the last that I'm going to have anybody over here until the baby is born. And she is now due on October 31st, which does not come as a shock to me. Of course she is. And of course, everyone had a mask. And not just that, they had to stay, I don't know, a good 16, 20 feet apart, at least from us. And the food, I served it. And put it all on the plate, put it up on the back of a SUV, and that's where they picked it up because we are not playing with this COVID right now. It was very melancholy. Um, It was the second night in a row that I've seen my friends at a distance, unable to hug them. There's a a specific kind of pain that comes with that. If y'all are being as careful as we are, I know you know what I'm talking about. It just drives home the whole, we don't know the last time of anything. We don't know the last time we're going to hug somebody. We don't know the last glass of wine we're going to have. We don't know the last time we're going to laugh. And if we did, I think we would treat it with a little bit more reverence. So if there's anything that's come out of this thing, it's, if I ever feel safe again, and I already was a hugger, y'all. If I ever feel safe again, I'm just going to hug people every five minutes. They're going to have to beat me off with a stick. But anyway, we sat around a fire and talked about balance because, you know, there's no better time than the equinox to talk about things like that. Got equal amount of hours of daylight and night, and it's a great time to get in that place. And it's like my husband always says, The energies really just cannot be used that well for negativity at that time. The balance fights it off. And so we did a really sweet ritual in which we forgave something or let go of something. And then we're grateful for something, that perfect balance, that perfect push-pull. This was the time of year that some Native Americans, um, specifically thinking Cherokee right here, but I know others did it too, This was the time of year that they would do their grand forgiveness. If there was something to forgive, this is when it was. There was someone I needed to forgive. And I think I've been working my way down that little tightrope for a while. But this time, I just threw my hands out and walked on it. So this person, as far as I'm concerned, is forgiven. Whether she wants to be forgiven or not, I need to do the work. Oh, but right before we ended the whole thing, I thought, you know, we talk so much about forgiving other people as if we're some kind of God ourselves, right? And while that work can be excruciating, I don't think it's near as hard as forgiving ourselves. 
And so I'm working right now on things that I need to give myself a break on or at least say to myself, that part is over. But I'm going a little bit too fast today, aren't I? Let's just slow down this puppy. The pumpkins are doing great. Um, the peppers are hanging in there and I've got a second round of green beans coming. I've made a lot of mistakes this gardening season. Of course, it was 2020, and I think that we should forgive ourselves almost everything in 2020. But it's exciting seeing them turn orange, you know? I have to tell you, I have never been a winter person. So much so that I'm a little extreme. A door fall, but there's this consistent welling grief in me because I know what comes after it. So I don't usually really dig in and enjoy. But in my fourth year of menopause, because it doesn't seem to be leaving me alone, I've found that, um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit ready for a cool breeze. Mm-hmm. And this year's been exceptionally hard, and I'm finding this strange uh, yearning for the leaves to fall and for things to die away. And I don't know, home and hearth and all of that. It sounds healing to me. Of course, I'm probably going to be bitching by January, but this is where I am right now. And I'm glad that I've finally been able to embrace the end of a year like this. We've dehydrated so many pears, and let me tell you, that is delicious. I'm in love with my dehydrator. We have peppers and tomatoes and banana chips all kinds of cool things. And it's a neat way to have summer all of a sudden in a pasta salad to take those dehydrated tomatoes and just sprinkle them right across the top. They plump back up and there you are, back in summer. So the fall is fun for other reasons. It's about harvesting all of your hard work and that is not necessarily about food. It could be a relationship you've been working on, it could be yourself that you're working on. But I like to give myself a little break on any harvest and really dig in and celebrate whatever I've earned from that. You know, in a lot of uh, other religions, being proud of yourself is a sin. And I don't think that's very conducive to healthy thinking. If I've worked really hard on something and I've tried and I've given it my all, I want to be proud of that give myself a little love. So I like to go back there and look at all of my canned goods and my dehydrated things and all the seeds I've already put up and just enjoy it. You know, tell myself, good girl, look what you did. Y'all, I'm sorry if you heard all that tap, tap, tapping and I think it's still going on, those little chicks going on, but they are in my podcast room as usual and they really want out and the answer is no. But it's also a time to celebrate your friends and their hard work for the year. And one of the things I wanted to share with you today is this wonderful online journal. Y'all need to check it out. It's a good friend of mine and she's a wonderful editor. And her whole joy in this project is to be able to take the voices of some undiscovered or even discovered writers who have this clear love for all things farmer. It's one of these gorgeous blendings of academia and gardening and livestock and homemaking and crafting, and it's just fabulous. So 
Her Equinox edition is out right now, and um, she's not pagan, but she is open and loving to all religions. So I was hoping y'all would check her out for me. Uh, She's on Facebook and, of course, has a website. And the website is Farmer-ish, and that's Farmer, F-A-R-M-E-R hyphen ish, I-S-H dot net. So go check out the really cool, totally groovy, often already writings about things that we all love anyway. I think you'll dig it. It's given me a lot of peace. The honesty of some of the pieces in here. Y'all, I kicked the baby chicks out of the room. (laughs) They're in the living room with my son. Couldn't do it anymore. I know they sound kind of cool in the background, but I can't even think. It's like having a bunch of kids running around your feet. So, out they go. One other thing I needed to say, and I didn't know I was going to need to say it, but I I do. I am back and we're going to have a season two, but I cannot do this every week. I know you noticed that I came back and then went away last week. I didn't really go away. I think we're going to go down to every other week for now, and let's see if I can build up my energy to go back to every week. I think we all need to learn how to forgive ourselves for small things that become too big in our heads. And one of mine is, if I cannot hold everything on my plate, I beat myself up. That's impossible. I can't be perfect. And people are going to expect things out of us, you know, many of us. And sometimes those expectations, I reckon, are fair. And sometimes I think we're the only ones that can decide whether or not they're fair. And right now, I'm finding myself more and more taking care of me. I mean, really focusing on me and my mental health and my spiritual well-being. And I just don't feel the need to apologize for that. And I hope that none of y'all ever feel the need to do that either. But let's talk about those things that we're sorry for. I think there's a little bit of a difference between feeling sorry or feeling apologetic. And I think that the former has everything to do with real grief attached to it. If you feel empathy for the thing or the person, you know, the animal that you've hurt, then that's sorry. And I mean in the deepest sense of the word. I feel grief for what I've done. And that could go pretty much clearly, at least in this old witch's mind, for things that you've done on purpose or by accident. I don't know if you've ever tried to apologize for something you didn't mean to do because you desperately need something to forgive you or someone to forgive you. And those particular cases, it's ourselves that need to forgive. You know, we're not going to find that outside of us. Even if the person we've really injured and done it on purpose or by accident says, look, you didn't mean to and it's okay. You know, it's okay. I forgive you. It, it doesn't work until we are forgiving ourselves. So let me tell you about what happened yesterday. I thought I was done incubating chickens. By the way, it is an addiction. Seeing little life come into the world and never knowing what color is going to come out and how cute they're going to be. It's, it's, it's hard. I've, I've sold them all, but to good people. But I know y'all know how much I love Harriet. And um, we introduced a rare to her this past summer. And much to my chagrin and and a little bit to my horror, I was in there not too long ago and started hearing her scream and looked over and he was riding her. 
My desire to see Harriet's babies was really at war with my desire to football punt him across the coop. But I let nature go ahead and take its course. And one of the things we wanted to know is, is he fertile? And yes, you can crack open an egg and look and see the bullseye's there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look that up. But that doesn't tell you anything about long-term commitment in the egg, does it? So here we are walking into fall, and I went ahead and I threw in some eggs to see if they would be viable. Now, I have more than Harriet out there, and I care very much for all of them. They just don't have Harriet's place in my heart, but I put all these eggs in the incubator, and uh, yesterday was the day that you're supposed to take the automatic turner off and go into something they call lockdown, Um, heighten the humidity, make sure there's a lot of air, and don't disturb those eggs anymore. Well, I've been chickening a long time, but that doesn't mean we know everything about chickening. And I put all these little eggs, I thought, safely, on the freezer. And they were on a non-slip surface. Reached into the incubator to get the egg turner out so that they could finish the process. And much to my horror, having a little bit of trouble talking about it, but one of the eggs kicked. I guess getting into position or turning around because they were due to be born this week this weekend, and um, watched it kick its way before I could reach, before I could grab it, and slam against the tile in a bloody mess. No way to save that chick. Is this my fault? Yeah. Yeah, this is my fault. I could have put them in a safe basket. I could have kept my eye on them better. I could have asked for help getting that out of there. I'm sorry, there is, I don't see anybody else who did this. It was my fault. Wasn't being careful enough. There it is. Um, I've spent 24 hours just really grieving over this poor little chicken, especially when I woke up this morning and all the rest are pipping. That meant it only had to make it another 24 hours. But this stupid farmer assured that that wasn't going to happen for this one. And it bled out on the floor. And there's something about that, something about my failure to save this life that twinged deep in my gut. I don't even think Freud, that asshat, could uh, dig deep enough to find out what this is, but I know what it is. I know exactly what this is. And it didn't escape me that that journal I told y'all about, Farmerish, had an article in there written by Crystal Sands, the editor about a little baby chick she couldn't save, and I'm going to leave her story for y'all to go discover. But, um, you know, let's just say it like this. I know exactly what she meant in her essay. I know exactly that kind of grief, and I know what it's linking to as a woman and as a mama and as a fallible human being. It seems like a silly turn of events for me to go here, but... I mean, it is Halloween, so the thing it reminds me so much of is Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) It's Clarice and the Screaming Lamb. But it especially injured me that it was my hand that had uh, created the situation. And you know, sugar babies, I don't know if you're like me, but no amount of it wasn't your fault, these things happen. You didn't mean for that to happen. Of course, you would have protected it if you could have thought it out. 
no amount of that shit is going to get into my heart and make it better. I keep replaying it, trying to some way go back in time and put those eggs in a basket so that one could not roll off to its bloody death. And I hope one day I can forgive myself. Because I'd love to sit here and tell y'all, hey, I've already forgiven myself. Look how good I am at shadow work. Look how deep I can dig. Oh, fuck that, y'all. I'm not there yet. I'm still hurting. Because the chicken's still dead. But I can promise you that I'm going to be more careful next time. And I can promise you that I'm going to work on forgiving myself for this baby that didn't get to make it out of the, you know, hypothetical womb. And because I don't believe in coincidence, I just read Crystal Sand's essay in that farmer's journal I told y'all about. And this happened. What that means to me is I've got work to do. That's not a coincidence. I need to forgive myself something too. I need to forgive myself a time that I lost something a little bit bigger than a chick. You know, it's, it's funny the way my big mama works. My mother goddess works. Whoever your higher power is, that's pretty much what I'm talking about here. I thought I was being so deep and magnanimous on the equinox for giving this old friend of some things I just held him heart too long. And it really, at the end, when you're doing this kind of work, doesn't matter who is right or who is wrong. It matters, are you holding it still? Does that make sense? Oh, but I thought I was, you know, seriously witching out there. Something like this happens within 24 hours of something like that, and you get slapped across the face. And what's left is the realization that you can stop dicking around with forgiving other people, but you might want to go forgive yourself for one or two things. Well, I don't know why I need to hold on to so many things that I hold against myself. It's almost become like a a quilt that keeps me warm. Some of this self-hatred. Do you have any of that? Let me just throw that out into the ether. Do you have that kind of hate quilt? Isn't it weird what we can learn to love? It's familiarity, isn't it? For some of us that didn't feel very loved as children, you know, it's super familiar. And in some ways, it becomes the thing that keeps us safe. This self-hatred, this despising of things about ourselves. It's almost like I'm looking for something to be pissed about instead of spending time telling myself, I've taught my kids things this year. I've taught them how to grow things and save seed and maybe a few other little life lessons. When I've had a couple of bad days in quarantine, I've come out and I said, you know, I was an asshole the last couple of days and I want to apologize for that. But I don't give myself enough of that, you see, because I've got my little hate quilt and I fuck up, and I make a mistake, and I need to go snuggle underneath this familiar abuser. Except I don't have a mama anymore to tell me I'm not good enough. And that husband from 1986 isn't here to break my jaw. And neither of them need to be. I'm doing enough work for all of them. But I also reckon it's like I said, one good thing. I'm going to try to say something good about myself. On that equinox over the fire, someone said, well, that must have been intense for giving that person. And I said, oh, no, I know me. I may pick this back up tomorrow. 
You see, sometimes forgiveness is a daily chore. It's an everyday thing. And sometimes I think that I do all this work to forgive other people so I don't have to look at the monster I refuse to forgive. And y'all, that monster is me. And so 24 hours after I was out there just teaching my little priestess heart out, which I'm kind of mad at myself about, a lesson hit me good, hard, and bloody on that tall. I have work to do. And as far as I'm concerned, all teachers, all preachers and priestesses and ministers and cardinals and really anybody in a position of any kind of spiritual supposed hierarchy which is all crap, by the way, need to work on forgiving themselves before they preach too much about others. We have so many things. We still got ways to go. I call it the 3 a.m. terrors. Everybody in the world I know knows the myth about 3 a.m. And yes, it is a very magical hour. It is a witching hour. And in the last 10 years, 3 a.m. has had nothing to do with ghost for me. Well, not unless we're talking about the ghost of my own past. Nothing else is hooka-booga-ing me in the middle of the night. It's uh, Seba of 2008. Seba of 1996. You know what I mean? If not, I'm sorry if I'm boring you on that one. But for the few people out there who get what I'm saying, I will lay there from 3 to 4.30 in the morning Feeling guilty, feeling sorrowful, going back over old arguments, looking at life choices I've made, just outright, downright torturing myself at that hour. You know, I have to have the TV to fall asleep. I mean, it usually is forensic files or, or whatever. I just need to, you know, dezone. But I've never told my husband the real reason that I have to have that television on. He just hates it. Not only need it to ride to that place right as you fall off the cliff. And then if I hold the remote in my hand, I can hit off right as I fall. But what that really is about is I don't want to hear the crap in my head. Stephen King wrote a... Oh, and by the way, I just love him. Stephen King wrote an essay a long time ago. Very, very long time ago indeed about why we crave horror movies. Y'all go look that up. That's some good shit. And people of a certain age are going to get all the references. But one of the last lines was that, you know, I'm not going to get this right and I'm not quoting, but it was something about the reason we do this, the reason some of us need horror movies is that it keeps the alligators fed in our own brain. And I, I feel that, you know, That deadly hour in the middle of the night, why, I might as well be in a torture chamber. My husband also never understood why I love watching these kinds of things before I fall asleep. You know, I can watch a good ghost movie. I don't like slash. I don't like gore. That's not my digs, but... You know, a good ghost movie or something classic from the past, I don't know, Omen... Or something silly like that. Or Rosemary's Baby. Or The Others. uh, That kind of thing. I can fall asleep faster to that than anything else. And I think it has everything to do with what Stephen King was trying to say. It makes the rest of my life feel safe. You know, at least we're not there. If that makes any sense. 
I suppose this is an appropriate topic as we head for October 31st and the veil's getting wonderfully thin like a piece of cheese you could see the moon through. I don't know, y'all. What do we as witches do when there's no one there to forgive us for the thing we won't forgive ourselves? What do we do? Do we sacrifice? And in what ways? Sacrifice our own happiness because we don't deserve to feel that way? And no one understands why? Certainly nobody else's words are ever going to help. You did the best you can do. You didn't know that egg was going to fall. And secretly we know better. Secretly we know we could have done better. And why are we like this? If we had children, they made a horrible mistake. Yes, and they hurt someone even in that horrible mistake. We would forgive them and we would want them to let it go as well. But oh, don't we beat the living shit out of our own ass in the middle of the night. I wish there was a hotline to call at 3 a.m. You know, like a practical magic phone tree. Witch's confession line. We could just dump it at the door of some astral brick threshold. And someone could say, okay, now go to sleep. You can pick it back up tomorrow. Pick up time is from 7 to 9 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work, though. We might hear confessions we don't want. But I have thought about going to my altar at 3 a.m. instead of laying there and tossing and turning and going over this and, and, you know, inevitably crying into my pillow or wanting to scream. It's no way to get through the night. Maybe if I had a special candle for that altar that I could go to and just light and cry. Maybe that would be better. Maybe somewhere there I could finally find absolution, or at least momentary peace. I don't know. I tell y'all what, I'm going to try that. If any of you try that, let me know how it went. There's no way I'm the only one. I won't believe that. Someone out there hurts like me. But I also am happy sometimes. And I still feel like this life is worth living. I want to see the trees grow. I want to see the sunrise and sunset. I want to be here as long as the Great Mother believes I should be. Okay, that's bullshit. I want to be here a little bit longer. <laughs> I also sometimes want to die. Isn't being human fun, y'all? The deal is I can't pretend to be any kind of teacher of any sort if I'm not willing to do the work myself and crack open a book. You feel me? So as we go into this season, this uh, introspective, retrospective, haunted, beautiful season, if I can't exercise a ghost, then I'm going to let it sit beside me at dinner because that bitch has got to stop waking me up at 3 a.m. Does that make any sense? Just set out a plate. Talk more about it. Air that bitch out. Maybe even buy her a pretty hat. Save sleeping for me. The song that's been haunting me lately is uh, The Long and Winding Road by the Beatles. It's been haunting me for about three months. I don't even... Don't get mad now, y'all. Hold on to the wall. Don't be ugly. But I don't even really like the Beatles. I'm sorry. I don't. But like anything, uh, if one of them kind of kicked off a little bit on their own, I fell in love with that one song. <laughs> and The Long and Winding Road, that's Paul McCartney. And... I grieve my mother 
I grieve my lost babies. I grieve a grown child. And I grieve a friend or two. And I beat myself up wondering if I'm the one who put the stones in the way where I can't get back home. But, you know, sometimes you just can't. And I'm sorry for not pumping sunshine up your ass. But that wouldn't be honest if I tried to pull that kind of crap on you. Sometimes you can't get home, honey. And you can look over the mountains and you can see that light on oh so very many years away. And you can love it from there. You can miss it. You can grieve it. And who knows what's ahead, right? Other lights. Other homes. Other loves. This world is so chaotic. If something could happen once, it could happen again. And every now and again, the ghosts from those old lights, they like to show up. It is in my estimation that the human soul has no choice but to hold them close, even as they dig their fingernails into your sides. At least it's real. And the next day, we stand again. Well, y'all, all the other eggs started pipping this morning, almost like they didn't realize the loss of their sister. And also two days early. Sometimes the things being born are all the more beautiful for the things that have passed away. Otherwise, we couldn't feel the sharpness of their edges. You know, it occurs to me that the most beautiful quilts I've ever seen had mistakes. I mean, I've always hated it when someone was working on something, a piece, and found a mistake and ripped it out and started over. I love those places in the quilt. You know, those sharp edges I just spoke about. Without something like that, the rest of it isn't quite as beautiful. You see this perfect work of art, and you can't find anything wrong with it. And to me, that's just never as beautiful. I have friends that have uh, little scars on their faces, and those scars are gorgeous to me. They show survival and tenacity, and especially this one friend I have. Her name's Ashley, and she has the face of a, of a fairy tale. She is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And there's this scar under her eye that goes up into her temple. And honestly, without that scar, I don't think I would even notice her beauty as much. And she's stunning, but a lot of people are stunning. This one is ethereal. So it does occur to me that my hate quilt, well, it wouldn't be such a horrible object of comfort if I had a few squares on there that had to do with my kids or my gardening or things I loved about myself as a child because we learned to unlove those. Maybe add them back in. Because the complete picture is ever so much more glorious. You know, that friend I was telling you about, uh, little Miss Ashley, I rehome my chickens that I just cannot bear to let go of with her because I know how she will treat them and I have seen how much she loves them. And one of the last ones I rehomed with her was uh, Scarface. And Scarface was the very first chicken who was born in that little debacle of last December. And the chicken that was sitting on top of her, Big Red, well, she did not have the most wonderful first moments as a mama. 
In fact, she uh, didn't seem to understand what was happening underneath her. First time mamas, uh, we make mistakes. So when I suppose trying to help her chicken out of the egg, she accidentally plucked that baby's ear cochlear out, which left a horrible bloody scar. And still to this day, nothing will grow right there where her ear was. And I rehomed this baby with my little chicken fairy girl who I adore. Because, you know, as my husband said, Ashley has a scar very close to where our little chicken Scarface has one. And she will love her. And she won't let anything happen to her. And that was all true, but... See, the mama of Scarface, the one who had done the damage, was living over there at Ashley's house. The latest news on this is that Scarface has abandoned all of her friends that she came with. And Dolly has pretty much abandoned all of the friends she came with. Dolly is the name that they gave Big Red. And now, the mama and the scarred little girl are best friends. They run together, they sleep together, they are the queens of the ball over there. It appears that all has been forgiven and all is right with the world. Didn't look like it was going to be that way for a long time. Their quilt had a couple of snags, but it is a beautiful quilt to behold today. You know, as witches, I have to wonder at us sometimes. We absolutely know that we can take something that is hard and painful and turn it into something beautiful and energetic and I mean we're agents of change right so why do we lay there or stand there washing dishes with the tears running down our face or you know sometimes the worst place is a car driving it and all of these regrets run in but we have to ask ourselves if we take these things out if we take out these mistakes If we assume that that's what they really are. We also take out other things. If I had not lost my job in 2014, I would not have a podcast. If I hadn't have taken the wrong person into my tribe, then today, by proxy, I wouldn't have a grandchild coming. Just trust me on that one. I don't want to air too much dirty laundry. I don't think we can take the pieces out of our lives that are painful. I don't think that is what we're supposed to even do. What I do think is that if we can make amends, we make it. But the amends that I need personally to make the most of, they're all to me. I have some apologies to make. I have some love to give to myself. And if I don't do it, I can't be as good of a mother or a friend or a witch or a teacher or a farmer. Y'all... I want to be as good to myself as my grandmama was to me. I am, in many ways, my own last frontier. So, as we head into Samhain, that's where this old witch is going. And to her own heart, learning to love herself even more. Y'all go ahead and put your pumpkins out now. It's 2020 and there are no rules. Well, you could put up a Christmas tree right by that pumpkin if you want to. Whatever makes you happy right now. Stay safe, but also don't forget that this is an important year too. It's a sucky year. And may we all raise a glass to our notorious RBG. 
We have lost someone dear. But y'all, we are not done yet. We are the witches who lived through the pandemic, at least thus far. And that means that we have magic to do. If you have ghosts that show up at 3 a.m. in your room, tell them to shut the fuck up. Or invite them to dinner. Sit them down, discuss them, bring them out into the light. Monsters are never that scary when they're in the light. Not these kind, anyway. Let's dust off those brooms, kids. I have a funny feeling it's going to be a wild ride for the rest of the year. And I think most of us know what to do with a broom. See y'all in two weeks. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.